we are only two weeks, three weeks since the end of college football season. And already we are listening to a ACC uh, displeasure from the Clemson and Florida state uh, administration on today's show. We'll look at what's going on with the Tigers and Seminoles, why they have some good points, but really, is there anything they can do about this? We'll get into this on today's show. You are Locked On Boston College, your daily podcast on the Boston College Eagles, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Conference realignment talk here on Locked on BC. I am your host, AJ Black. On today's show, I'm going to look at Clemson and Florida State's administration's newest comments and why they got some good points, but I don't really think they're going to go anywhere with it. And in our final segment, we have a special guest today. We're going to be joined by Boston College guard Mason Madsen, who will talk about the UVA win, what brought him to Boston College, and what his new NIL deal is hoping to do for the future of Boston College basketball. You're going to want to hear that at the end of the show. All right. So over the weekend, both Florida State and Clemson, who, you know, rightfully so, feel like they're the cream of the crop in the ACC. They feel like they uh, do things at a higher level. And Clemson has every right to. Florida State, they have the history, but let's let's be real. They haven't really been relevant since Jameis Winston. So it's been a little while for them. But they come out there, and we already start hearing all the chirping and murmurs of the ACC dissolving. And we'll start with the Seminoles, who their athletic director, Michael Alford, went on record to say uh, during a, I think it was a board meeting, <coughs> excuse me, that... Um, he's upset that the Knowles contribute roughly 15% of ADCC media rights value, but get 7% of the distributions. He said, having an interesting talk to the, the board of directors, he says, uh, at the end of the day, it's, if something's not done, we cannot be $30 million behind every year compared to our peers. And he said, the board of trustees asked about a buyout to leave the ACC. Legal counsel says roughly $120 million. And he says, so if we make up the $30 million behind... We're behind from our peers. We break even in roughly four years. Hypothetically, says Alfred. Well, I don't want to be a smart Alec here, but Al uh, Michael Alfred, it's not thirty million a year that you're behind if you would do this. If folks who are, are all of a sudden so concerned that Florida State's going to leave, that Clemson's going to leave the ACC, take a breather here and remember. It's not that if they pay whatever that $30 million a year, they would be all set and they can join the SEC and be part of their, you know, Southern school brothers out there. It doesn't work that way. Yeah, they could pay that $30 million a year and they could leave. But guess what? If they were to join the SEC, they would owe the every single dime that they make from any other media deal to the ACC. And that is for 13 more seasons. So that number isn't correct. I don't know where Alfred in his council has that number, you know, 
um, anyway, you know, who's advising them on this because it's not correct. Florida State can't just leave. Now, is he right? Yeah, I think they're, I think, and we'll get into what Clemson said in a moment. I think what they're saying is correct. That teams like Clemson and Florida State, they are putting more money into their programs than schools like Boston College, schools like Georgia Tech, Wake Forest. That, that, you can't argue with that. That they, they invest more into their, their programs. That being said, should they be paid more? There's there's an argument to be made for that too. And I think this is where we're kind of at. And Clemson kind of said the same thing later. Their administrators, you know, went on and said, um, you know, would they leave? Blah, 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 blah. They're frustrated. They're not, you know, the other teams in the conferences are, aren't taking this as seriously as they are. Yeah. I mean, they've got a point. They've got a point. And as a Boston College observer, someone who co- covers the team, who has liked the team, they have every every right to say that because the money invested by Clemson is at a def, is at a a different stratosphere than what Boston College or Georgia Tech or Wake Forest or UVA you na- you name it it's at a different level. So what do you do? What you know, Clemson can't go anywhere. As much as Clemson and Florida State want to pump their chest and and look for the legal way out, from what we heard about last summer, these grants of right that ESPN has with the ACC that locks these schools in until 2036 is so is so tough. From what I've heard, is so legally binding. It's going to be hard for any school to get out of that. And you know, I've I've always envisioned that. There's other things that they could do to help boost their their profits and get the money to the schools. I, right now, I there's another there's another dance partner out there that looks like they would love to to join up, and you could figure out a way to do an East West Coast if you join them with the Pac-12. How I know you're losing USC, I know you're using losing UCLA, but you still have Stanford, you still have you you still have Oregon, you have Washington, you have Cal. You have Arizona in Arizona State. You have some interesting schools that could, you know, drum up some interest and, and give some really interesting matchups. I mean, who wouldn't want to watch Oregon and Miami? That would be a fun matchup. Or Stanford and Boston College. I mean, for us, you know, that would be a, a great matchup as well. There's options out there. That's where we got to figure out what they're going to do. I know last year, Jim Phillips found like some pennies under the sofa and, you know, he, you know, he found a $10 bill in his wallet that he gave to the back to the co- the conference. It, it still puts the ACC light years behind these other conferences. The but it's mainly the sec, mainly the big 10 and Clemson and Florida state have every right to, to mope about it and to complain. It's just, they don't have anything they can do about it. There's, there's nothing anyone can do. And that's why they, they have to start thinking outside the box. And one of the things that keeps coming up is something that could be very devastating to Boston College. And I'll get into that in just a moment. But what isn't devastating? What is the opposite of devastating are built bars. 
And if you're looking for a delicious treat but don't want all the fat and calories, then you've got to try a Built Bar. We just got through the holidays, and I know my goal is to eat a little healthier this season. And if you're like me and you want to eat healthier, you got to try Built. With Built Healthy, it's actually tasty. Seriously, they're so delicious, you won't think they're good for you. But they are. They're 100% covered in chocolate. But listen to the macros. 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, and a whopping 17 grams of protein. And now you don't need to wait around to get a box. For years, we've been talking about and ordering Bilts at Bilt.com. Now you can get them at your local Walmart or Sam's Club. That's right. Head to your nearest Walmart today. Walk to the pharmacy section and grab yourself a box of Built Bars. You can pick up a four box of cookies and cream, double chocolate, or coconut puffs. And if you're close to a Sam's Club, run and grab a 13-bar box with our hit flavors, brownie batter, and churro. You can thank me later. And if you need to just order them, head over to Built.com and use promo code LOCK15. Again, head over and grab those Built Bars. Locked on BC, AJ Black. We're talking conference realignment here. As Clemson and Florida State um, quite figuratively took the lighted match and just lit under uh, the ACC's uh, pants to try to get things moving. And, you know, we've talked at nauseam. I mean, go back in our, our archives from last summer. It was like conference realignment every other day. That there isn't much this conference can do. There's the white whale. That's Notre Dame. Can Notre Dame get pushed into the ACC? That right now it doesn't look like there's any need for them to come to the ACC. There are some other schools that want to come. I saw someone uh, saying that the, that UConn wants to come to the ACC, which would absolutely move the needle as much as Boston College would move the needle. Um, and then there's all these other schools from other conferences. There's just it doesn't seem like there's an easy answer. So that goes to the easiest answer that Clemson and Florida State administrators keep going to, which is an uneven. Um, payout from the conference. So basically what they're looking for, as, as we said in that first segment, Florida State says, we get 15% of the revenue based on eyeballs. We deserve a higher cut than Boston College. And so we're going to get a higher cut and everyone else is going to get a lower cut. That would be pretty disastrous for a conference. And I, I have to say, you know, a school like BC, they they've had the chance to use their money to spend, to, to, to upgrade the program, to do things like that. And they've done it in, in, in drips and drabs, but because, because BC is such a, um, that what is it? 31 programs on campus, 31 athletic teams, football pays for all of that. Now, if they were to trip some of those teams, you could get money back in the football program. That would, you know, but that's never going to happen. If that money is cut, think about the admins at BC. The ones that you know are are the ones that look at, at athletics as a, a soul-enriching in, in, uh, endeavor where we can do things that are good for our, uh, our kids and their, and their uh, athletic abilities and blah, blah, blah. But they don't ever talk about championships. It's never a championship mentality with the administration. I, even I'm not even going to get into Blake James. I'm talking Father Leahy, the board. It does, never seems like they're as serious as some of those Southern schools. They don't. I mean, whenever someone wants one of our coaches, they just peck them because BC won't pay them, right? It doesn't matter what position it's at. It, whatever school, whatever other than hockey, they're gonna they're gonna peg whoever they want. So if 
these payments from the ACC go down, how disastrous would that be for BC for BC athletics? Because that's basically what's holding this program afloat is the ACC payouts. So an uneven payout schedule would be horrible. And it wouldn't just be for BC. It would be for Wake Forest. It would be for UVA and some of these other programs that don't have the foothold that Clemson and, and Florida state get. I, I, I think this would be really, really bad for the conference. I don't like, I I get where they're coming from. Clemson does deserve more money, but that means they got to figure out how to get the, the um, stakeholders back to the table. It doesn't mean hurting everyone around you because you feel like you're better than everyone. And, and you are better than everyone, but by bashing everyone down, is that going to make the ACC that much better for Clemson? Think about what their – think about if BC you know, can't afford – and they should be able to. If, if BC loses the money that they, they're going to get, it goes down, right? Now they're they're you know the administration is much more hesitant to pay for you know recruiting trips and higher assistant pools and all that good stuff. Now BC is out there and they're lo- they're losing more often. I know we just lost to UConn, but to G uh, group of five schools, they're losing to bad teams, and and other schools like them are. What does that do for the ACC? The, the value of the product itself is going to stink. So other than getting money, what does Clemson get out of that? I, I don't know. They, there's got to be other answers out there. And that's what Jim Phillips has to do. And I haven't seen him do anything yet. I haven't seen him leverage anything. I haven't seen him. I really haven't seen him make a move that has shown me, okay, well, here's where the ACC can improve upon. I, I mean, they got rid of, what did they got? They got, well, Credit when credit's due. He got um, the ACC network on Comcast. That's a big move. Other than that, we haven't seen anything. So I, I just I just look at what FSU and Clemson are doing, and I don't, I don't see this as a good th- sign at all for the for the conference. I don't see them doing anything with this. It just feels like either nothing's going to happen, and they're going to bitch, uh, complain and moan about it, or they're going to hurt all the younger uh, the the smaller programs with this uneven revenue distribution, whatever the case is, it's just going to continue to make that stratosphere between Clemson and everyone else that much bigger. So that's my thoughts on this. We'll have to wait and see what happens. I mean, maybe there'll be some changes as the summer goes on. I'm sure this will be not, this will not be the last conference realignment talk we have this summer. Now, in a moment, we're going to be joined by Mason Madsen of the BC basketball program. He's going to talk to us about, um, He's going to talk to us about the uh, NIL deal and what BC is doing, what some of these players are doing to get their get their pay and, and to figure out how to get BC back into a level playing field. We'll be back in just a moment. Yay, this past week... This is Locked On Boston College. I'm your host, AJ Black. Here with me, I have Mason Madsen.
under four, it started to kind of sink in, like, okay, this is really happening. And then, obviously, there was those stretch of shots. That- this is Locked On Boston College. I'm your host, AJ Black. Here with me, I have Mason Madsen, guard for the Boston College Eagles. We're going to talk a little bit about the big win over UVA this past week, and he has a special announcement about a new NIL opportunity that the team is taking advantage of, and he wants to talk to you guys about that. Mason, how's it going? It's good, man. I appreciate you having me on. So Mason, that win, what did that, what did that feel like? Uh, it's one of those things, like it's a little cliche to say, but you can't really describe something like yeah. that. And I mean that um, just because like, I, I don't know if there's anything else, like there's no individual performance that could ever kind of invoke those feelings that we were able to feel just pure joy right. um, kind of after that game. And I think it's just really special to see uh, we fought, like had a really good crowd and for everyone to be there, uh, for that moment and for everyone to kind of come together uh, as the buzzer sounded was something that like I won't forget for as long as I live you know and especially for as long as I play basketball I think it's always something I'll hold on to yeah I mean for Boston College this was a big a big moment for the program the third top 25 win of uh, the season after taking four years to win one it was a big moment for Eagles fans everywhere um what was what was the big moment for you in that game? Was there a moment where you were like, "Wow, we're going to actually do this. this? Is going to be a big win for us?" Uh, I don't know if there there was a really because you know, like a game's never over, and especially yeah. against like Virginia, you yeah. know, who obviously is capable. I think that when we hit the under four, it started to kind of sink in, like, "Okay, this is really happening." And then obviously there was those stretch of shots that people made down the stretch. I think Makai hit the, hit the one and then boo hit the like deep one, obviously like with 15 seconds left. And that was, I mean, at that point it was just kind of like a celebration, like the party kind of started. And so, uh, yeah, like, I don't know if there was like one specific moment, yep. but there are definitely some that stick out a little bit. Now this is your first year with the Eagles. Can you talk about like how the team kind of invited you into their culture, invited you into their locker room and how the year has gone for you as a first year player for the, for Boston college? Yeah, I think that no matter where you uh, where you are, being being the new guy is hard sometimes. And I think that um, it was about as easy as I could have expected coming here. You know, and I think that I credit kind of Coach Grant and the staff when it comes to that. I think I had a really good official visit when I came here. And part of the reason I committed in the first place, I think that I just could just kind of tell by the vibe with everybody that, you know, like this is something that I could see myself a part of. And so um, obviously, like as the year has gone on, it's um, – proven that and you know like it doesn't all happen at once like obviously it takes time to build something and so um i think you've even seen that on like reflected on the court a little bit you know like as people have gotten more comfortable and obviously there, there were returners for sure but we added new pieces freshmen and uh cj2 in the portal and so i think that um yeah we, we've started to play our best basketball down the stretch a little bit and i guess that's to, to be expected when you're building something like this now you're a vet, a, more of a veteran guard, and you're you're working with a young guard like Chaz Kelly out there. How have you seen him kind of progress as the year has gone on? I don't think there's anything that can uh, like simulate being a freshman in college basketball, and I I reflect on my journey too, and feeling that same exact way my freshman year. And I think the only way to like build that experience is through playing in games and making mistakes, and like it's never just understand the fact that it's never going to be perfect. And I think Chaz came in definitely ahead of other freshmen and other people his age in terms of um, just being able to communicate and kind of IQ and knowledge of the game. And so um, I think that when it came to like Chaz always had the ability, I think it just came with being comfortable. And obviously people have seen what he's been capable of. He's had some big games on the stretch, uh, notably Virginia tech, you know, like I was happy to see him have some, have success and uh, shoot the ball well, play well down there. Um, 
but you know, like it, there's nothing like being a freshman in college basketball. So I think just, just with time, he's gotten more comfortable and he's been able to step into uh, as much of a leadership role as you can as a freshman. And I, I want to go back a little bit here. I kind of jumped ahead a little bit. Now, when you picked BC, what did you, what was your thoughts of Earl Grant and kind of the culture he's putting down for a Boston college program? That's been kind of quiet for a while, but does have a history. Yeah. I think that I identified with uh, just the toughness that coach Grant spoke about in our, mm-hmm. uh, in our meeting. And I think that, you know, like being a part of something that is kind of bigger than yourself, like, like him understanding, like they don't have it all figured out yet, but that's what they're trying to do, you know? And mm-hmm. um kind of like being at a place where like I think coach Grant has always had a chip on his shoulder. I think people at uh, the people of Boston college have a chip on their shoulder, but Boston college basketball, especially, you know, like it's like, you got to earn everything you get. And so I think that when I look back at kind of what, like what drew me here in the first place, like obviously it's easy to look at now and be like, okay, this, this is the right place for me, you know? But I think that at that point in time, that was my, that was my thought process for sure. Just um, identifying with all these different things that, coach grant spoke about yeah and now we're let's get into what you uh what you're coming on for to talk about a little bit now that we're we've entered the age of nil and and things are moving and changing so fast and i saw your tweet the other day and it really interested me that um it looks like you and most of the other basketball players have started your own nil or or, are part of an nil group right now and i wanted to give you a chance to kind of explain that to my audience and to my readers and kind of give an explanation of what they could expect if they donate to your to your group Yeah. So I mentioned a little bit on my Twitter just about the fact that after the game on um, what they, what they do, we play Wednesday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Wednesday, Um, earlier this week (laughs) um, that we, uh, a couple of us tweeted some stuff out about our partnership uh, with Yoke. And so Yoke uh, is a, an organization that they just specialize in um, like fan engagement and, I said in my tweet that they bridge the gap between fan and player interaction. And so I think that's really important nowadays with um, just like the ability to do that, you know, like years ago, not even that long ago, to be honest, like there, we weren't able to do that because we didn't have social media like we do now. Yep. Um, I think that what we're doing just felt further away from the fans and you saw, you saw what you saw on the court and then didn't really get anything behind the scenes. And so I think that um, what Yoke does is really good because like by paying this, uh, subscription. I don't even know. Like, I don't exactly know how it works. I know that you go in, there's like some, some sort of pay, like, I know it's a paid subscription subscription. Yep. I think you can choose how much, and I don't know if there's a minimum or maximum. Uh, like I'm not into all that, obviously. Um, but I know that by doing that, you get access to exclusive content. And so like, we're still trying to figure out exactly what that means. And I think that there's a lot of different ways that it could go. Um, and I think that as, as the days and the months go on, like it'll just get better and better because obviously we'll know more of what we're doing. I think that we'll seek guidance too from people that have already done this. Like BC as a whole, just, I think is, I think up to this point has been lacking NIL wise, like with Mm -hmm. schools like across the country, which I think this is like a good opportunity for us to get our foot in the door a little bit, because if we don't, we're going to fall behind recruiting wise. And so You know, like, and I, like, obviously, like, it, it'll benefit me for sure. And, and like my teammates, like, it's awesome. But I think that if you think about the years down the road and where this is heading, I think that if we don't do it now, then when, you know, and so right. I think that's a good opportunity to kind of start that. And then, like, hopefully it branches out from there. But I think that um, just for us, we saw it as like the right time to take initiative when it comes to this. And so, yeah, we'll, we'll figure out more of uh, the content based stuff that we're going to do. But I think that uh, fans should just know that by, uh, 
paying for the subscription, they're getting uh, kind of a better look at BC basketball behind the scenes and kind of everything that goes into success on the floor. Yeah, I know from a lot of the fans I've talked to, that's like they're looking like they know about the NIL stuff and they're very acute to the to the fact that like BC, it feels like they're falling behind and they're looking for opportunities to give and to 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 get BC back up to where they feel this, this these programs should be. So when I heard about your program, I was like, you know, listeners out there right now, you guys have been asking about this. This is a perfect opportunity to get involved and you can do it at any level. It seems like you can donate a little bit, a a lot, whatever you want to do. And Mason, is it up on your Twitter handle? I think. Yeah, it's still up on my Twitter at Mace Madsen. Um, And then we'll, we'll be sending some stuff out in the coming days too. I think that uh, like, obviously it kind of came like all at once, like we tweeted, but I think as it slows down, you'll see just kind of like periodic tweets from us. Um, and then like, we're open to suggestions too. like anything that fans want to see, like, if yep. they, like just tweet it, like add us and, uh, we'll make sure to make it happen. So folks definitely follow Mason on Twitter and follow a lot of the other players. Cause they're all tweeting about it right now and, and get involved with this. This is your opportunity to, to support BC, to get that NIL stuff going. And I know that a lot of you are looking to do that. So, um, I think this is a great opportunity for you to do that as well. Uh, Mason. So what are your goals to the end of the year? Hey man, I think that. Uh, kind of probably a lot are very similar to a lot of people's goals for us. You know, I think that obviously we, uh, finishing 500 in conference would be awesome mm. Yeah, from where we started this year and um, just knowing that we're building this in the right direction. So obviously finish up the regular season strong and then going to going down to Greensboro, I think we've already shown that we can play with the best. And so obviously mm-hmm. you take the time, everybody that plays in that tournament's goal is to win it. Um, you know, so our goal is no different, but I think that we, we know that what we do works and I think we have the recipe for what we do. Like it's, we're going to be un, unapologetically us. And I think that's something that coach Grant has preached the whole year. Uh, and I think that everyone has bought into that. So you playing your best basketball in March. That's all you can ask for. All right, Mason, thank you so much for joining us and good luck with the NIL project and good luck with the end of your season and your time with BC. Thank you for coming on. Appreciate you, AJ. Thank you. All right. Yep. All right, folks, that was a, that was, yeah, that was AJ Black. That was Mason Madsen. And I hope you guys, I put into the comment section, the link for the NIL club. I've seen people donating as little as five bucks and you can make a big difference by doing this. Um, As he said, like you guys have always been talking about how NIL has been lacking at BC. And I felt like this was a perfect opportunity to show you something that they're doing. Uh, So hopefully you check that out. Um, and yeah, so any other thoughts about that? Leave that up in the comment section. Subscribe if you have not already to our channel too. Uh, we have Jaden Woodbay hopefully coming on the show soon. I'm going to try to get some recruits and I have tons of recruiting news up on Eagle Insider if you're not a subscriber over there. So hopefully you check that out as well. Thank you all so much. Hope you enjoyed that interview today. It was really great to talk to Mason Madsen today. Um, they're playing again. I think their next game is uh, Tuesday. They're playing on Tuesday against um, Wake Forest, a big game. If you're hoping for BC to go 500 this season, they got to win it. So we'll talk about that and we'll preview it tomorrow. And anything else that's breaking, including hopefully some uh, coordinator news, because we're still waiting for that. This is AJ Black. We'll be back again soon. Take care, everyone.